So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. This is part two of our coverage of Halloween Horror Nights 23, featuring the scare zones and shows. I am Matt, and joining me for this episode is my co-host, Quint. Hello. Okay, let's get right into it, because we just ended the part one with the Walking Dead house, and as we had mentioned in that first episode, all the scare zones are walking dead this year in fact it's you, a street experience I was say, this you, year is what they're calling you, yeah, it. yeah you use that name so i guess that's what they're calling it and i guess the idea it's different from the the roaming hordes from the legions of horror because th- things aren't changing but you're constantly walking through walking dead elements yeah and, uh and, and and i'll be honest um i really uh, up front i really 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 wish i had started watching walking dead before i went to this event instead of right after because i think the impact of being able to walk through what i knew as scare zones and what is now this this street experience of just like going from one scene of the walking dead to another scene of the walking dead to another scene of the walking dead to another one and just like being inundated with the walking dead i actually think that would have been fucking cool as someone who didn't know the show at all or barely knew the show it was somewhat um disappointing after having attended the event the the previous years see yeah i mean i I can't argue with that my my question in my head is i i'm thinking and i don't it's hard to tell when you already know the source material i enjoyed it for what it was and there's actually a couple things i really really liked about it I'm trying to take the idea of that I've seen Walking Dead out of my head and, and re-experience this, and I don't think I would have minded it too much. I would have missed the... It wasn't terrible. Yeah, uh, it was okay. Just, it so was just... The, the problem was that for someone who's coming in as uh, not knowing The Walking Dead very well, uh, or or in my case, almost not at all... Um, it was repetitious and almost monotonous sort of thing. Not what you're expecting from the previous events where even the, the event before where they'd done a street experience in the roving hordes, the hordes were different and they were, there was, di- you know, there's diversity and there was di- this dynamic of, of different stuff. And, and this year it was just like, no, the, the, the entire park is just zombies. Yeah. And they did a, well, they did an attempt. They did, they did, they broke it up. They they put it in. They they put a theme on each one. But you're right. When your main adversary is the same thing every time, you're kind of getting the same thing every time. Yep. When it comes to the bad guys, so I mean, you can put in human characters, but they're going to be victims. That that's just how The Walking Dead works. You don't have that in between. You kind. Of, I mean, 
<laughs> there, there's an element now, but this is 2000 season, 2018, 2019. We're talking about 2013. So that didn't exist right. then. Right. And, and I'm not, I'm honestly really not trying to knock it. I think this was, um, you know, I, it was, a it was definitely a learning experience for the crew, the event for, for the planners and the, and, and, you know, the people who are putting on the event, it was definitely a learning experience. And I also think there was a dump truck of money that, <laughs> yeah, that was backed right, up yeah. that, that, that we cannot, you know, you absolutely cannot disregard that because seriously, that's what brings in that. That's what makes the event popular and grow and, and all that stuff. It's just, one of those things where when you tune an event to a specific television show or season or, or, you know, whatever you want to call it, one pop culture event, if you've got people coming to that event that don't follow that particular pop culture thing, it's a stretch. Yeah. Yeah. But it funds the fun. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? So. All right. Well, let's get let's get through through this. I mean, I, I don't I I don't want to turn this into a Walking Dead debate because it's it's now I think run its course. It's, it's we're fine. We're we're clear, which is funny because it's one of the names. But we'll start with the Woodlands, and mm-hmm. like I said, they tried to separate at least if we're going to get the same adversaries, which are the Walking Dead Walkers, at least put them in a different setting, and they use what they had to their advantage, and this is over. In the uh, the Central Park area, where there's a lots of trees, so there you go. So you have the trees, you have brush, you have that the whole area of the park already kind of themed around you. Fill it up with some fog, play with the lights a little bit, and throw the zombies in there. Or I'm sorry, the walkers in there, and there you go. You got the woodlands. Yeah. They use this to really, really good effect. I yep. thought, and you know, um, zombies are great adversary uh and, and turning the entire park into a zombie land is oh i just <laughs> right that's, uh, that's spoiler good. alert uh no uh you know just turning this this entire thing into a zombie land was was actually kind of cool it was just yeah it, it it benefited you much more if you knew the source material True. and in fact there was like an, i wouldn't even call it an easter egg because it was out in plain sight but uh, if you've never seen the walking dead it wouldn't mean anything to you there was a prop of the pile of rocks which we've seen we've seen the phone rock foam rocks and a couple other things they also put a pig on this with an yeah. three arrows sticking out of it and that's i i think that's kind of an easter egg to daryl's crossbow because i think they were crossbow bolts which are shorter than arrows but it was more of a a prop for walkers to pretend they were eating until they saw you and come after you but again you know if you you would look at it and say three arrows you wouldn't look at it real close and go oh they're short that's daryl killed this pig so little easter eggs like that 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 you know meant something to the fans of the show but not necessarily Mm -hmm. to the average hhm one-time visitor yep so from there, we'll go over to Survivor's Camp, and this is in the kids' zone. This is out. This is actually when you leave. If you're headed from Mel's to the kids' zone, and you just went through uh, the woodlands, you're now in the kids' area. This, I will say, is one of my favorite things they've done with a scare zone. Uh, the, the this one particular prop. Well, first you had the RV set in front mm-hmm. of uh, the animal actors stage there, so that was cool to see the RV, and they they did as much attention to detail as they could to make it look like Dale's RV. So that was cool. Yeah. That was a cool thing yeah. to see. Well, what I liked, what I thought was really fucking awesome were the pop-up tents 
that were mm-hmm. around there that had light projections in them of zombies eating the people in the tents. Yeah, I thought that was a cool fucking prop, regardless I, of what the source material was. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. That was that was really really cool. It was just kind of like uh, it was that classic, you know, movie even cartoon uh, sort of scene where you can see the the silhouette of what's happening inside of a tent, and and yeah, it was just zombies just brutally eating fucking whatever people were in the tent. Yeah. I thought. I agree with you 100%. I thought that was totally cool. Yeah. And that's that's about the coolest. <laughs> that was that, that was the highlight of that zone. And maybe maybe the highlight of this idea. I like that they did that. And I either it's I know I've seen it twice. I don't recall if it was No, it couldn't have been the year before because that was the Legions of Horror. So it must be coming back next year or the year after. Really cool prop. I'm kudos yeah. whoever came up with that. That was cool as hell. <laughs> So from there we go into the farm. This is a, a season two, and this is over in front of Mel's diet. And this is where we we get the far the, the at the time that the barn is now beat up, burnout, on fire. It's filled with fog and smoke. It's where the church was last mm-hmm. year. So mm-hmm. this street experience is kind of all condensed into. That's the other thing that was kind of missing about this is that it wasn't spread across the park as much as scare zones were up to this point. Yeah, that's true. There was a lot of hit and miss going through this, I guess is my, my take on it. Uh, there were some things that were really freaking cool. And there's some things that were just like, um, okay. Burning barn. What? I, mm. Okay. Well, what was fun about this, which we don't get a lot of, and I thought maybe we're going to get with the church last year, but we didn't. You could walk through this. Yeah, so it was like it was like a mini haunted house because there were sometimes if the walkers that were assigned to that scare zone were happened to be inside their their areas of that barn, you had you could see faces pop up and arms grab at you. So it was like a little extra added bonus, a little a little like a ramped up scares portion of a scare zone not the exact sure. scare zone uh yeah, when, sure yeah and then when you came out now here's what was this was uh, and again it's it's actually this i think people could appreciate this idea that didn't know walking dead but if you saw walking dead you 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 knew the it was actually kind of a uh a, a joke a funny moment in the show my point is the well was there and oh yeah at one point their water pump had clogged and they went to check the well and there was a walker that had been in there for months at least because yeah. he was so bloated and he was so bloated when they pulled him up on a rope he tore in half and they had the top half of the this walker at the top of the well yeah that was pretty cool good actually. prop another good prop. yeah it was a great prop yep. yeah so uh, yep and then uh across from the barn there's a zombie pyre so that was a that was a good set piece too. A lot of set pieces. Actually, most of the set pieces were really cool. And I do remember us walking through, um, uh, walking through the the park uh, during the daytime, and you taking some pictures yep. of the set pieces and sending them to certain people and and stuff like that. And I do remember like looking at the set pieces, going, "Okay, you know, a lot of this shit is really." fucking cool even in daylight and um just uh, you know there will and we'll talk about it later there's there was only one or two that i actually had context for and the rv was actually one of the pieces that i did have some context for 
So the next one, if I'm going to follow the map like I have been so far, is called Clear. This is where the most decayed walk, this is where the best makeup was. And it was on Hollywood Boulevard. And they had barrels and gates and piles of debris and those boxes with the dead trees coming out of it and more fog as well. Just a lot of places for the characters to be, but it was a nice highlight of what the makeup team could do for the event. So there mm-hmm. was that. I think people would have appreciated that. Now, and that's really all there was to this zone. Now, if you followed along here and if you followed the path, if you come into the park and you turn right and go down Hollywood Boulevard and keep walking, you'll get the clear zone, you'll get the farm zone, you'll get the woodland zone, and then you'll go into the um, survivor's camp. So it's one long stretch of a scare zone, which means there's a hell of a lot of scare zone lacking that in the rest of the park than we're used to at this point. Yeah, but there were other places in the park, right, that, that had things and, and had walkers and stuff. I mean, they had the the um, the, the station wagon with, with all of the... the Sophia, wait here. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. So I hadn't gotten to that yet. I was talking about, I was going to say where the last one was, so we're kind of jumping ahead oh, here. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I so, thought you no, said okay. Clear was the last one. No, no, Clear was... Well, maybe I did. I'm, I'm, I, I think I may have said that, but meaning that we have this one... St- long stretch of of uh oh, oh gotcha gotcha yeah okay so my point was so we have one more area and it's the fall yeah. of atlanta yeah its name. and this is over in new york this is where yeah. yes the biggest places yeah and you're absolutely right there was a fucking tank in this thing yeah <laughs> it was a giant fucking tank and it, and not knowing well at that point you had shown me that episode but even without knowing that episode that tank was fucking cool it was and they had just this this line of body bags in front of it Ooh. almost like i mean it was there to keep people from getting close to the tank to to yeah. climb up on it but what a great freaking prop to use to keep people from oh, doing shit. that <laughs> and what a great prop period just having a giant fucking tank in the middle of your park mm-hmm this is true. I, it was just it was so cool and yeah. and yeah you're you're um it, the 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 car uh the station wagon which you know we always have the station wagon but this in this case i think this was might have been the birth of the station wagon even i don't know but anyway the station wagon was there with the sophia stuff and um you know there was there was a ton of of details where after the event when i started watching the the first and second and third seasons i'm like oh shit i saw oh fuck god damn i wish i had to watch this before i went what i love about that station wagon is that when the, the station wagon was there it had sophia stay here we'll wait for you or, or wait yep. here we'll come for you on the window in paint and they used paint so not just you know the the that's the stuff you put on like hey oh, no, grad, grad bash 72 paint. or whatever so yeah. my and my po- okay well let me get I, I I probably should I I trailed off way too much and they had the bottles of water and the food on there, which a billion people tried to pick up and found out they couldn't. What I love is when we see that station wagon again and we saw it in front of Slaughter Cinema is that there's still remnants of the paint on the windshield, <laughs> and even and there's still even, glue marks even, where they glued glue, no, shit on the not hood. glue fucking weld marks on there. Yeah, some yeah. of that shit was welded onto that. <laughs> I know it's awesome. I remember the, the really first really the first time we really got a good look at it post this was um outside the end of uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre yes, 3 years yes, later. Yes. 
Yep. And that, that's what you could that's what the paint was really not coming off. And and you and I both took a look at the hood and we, we actually got a, a really good uh um because that was the year that I was at the uh uh, media event and we both kind of stopped at the media event and just kind of like looked over the hood and we were it was good because the person that passed us got the the first chainsaw dude out, <laughs> outside right yep. so we, we stopped and we looked at the hood and this chick passed us and then we we went and we started following her and she she, she got that yep. shit scared <laughs> out of her. but anyway yeah that that car is just i mean it, it has the battle scars but I think that's cool that all of these props and all of these things that we see year after year and that we recognize year after year and that they change year after year still have the old battle scars from earlier things, right? Like it, it to me, it just kind of like nobody's ever going to notice that there's welds on the hood and that there's paint right. on the, on the windshield, except for the people who know that that was Sophie's car. Yes. You know? Yep. And, and that kind of stuff. And I think that lends, uh, an air of, of, of kind of nostalgia as well as authenticity to the event that if, if you're only a one timer, you won't know that. Yep. It's like, it's like guessing where the school bus is going to be. You know, it's going to be there somewhere. Sure. Where's it going to be? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. There's all kinds of stuff yep. like that that yeah. I that I really appreciate about the event, and I really appreciate about the creators and and that kind of stuff that that do and throw all these Easter eggs in. Yeah. So yeah, in the fall of Atlanta, there's a few more things. Obviously, there was walkers, there were roaming the streets, and we had a bunch of of, of barricades and walls and corpses, and we had uh, we had all levels of walkers. They were either just turned, so their eyes are just sunken, or we had the super decayed one. This was the only zone or uh, street experience, I should say, the only street experience of the five that had victims or potential yeah. victims, I should say. They weren't bit yet. They were running for their lives. So you had the the chaos of the walkers attacking and people panicking in and out, which was an element that we'd seen or will will see rather in the purge. But this, I think, was well, this was pre-purge so the idea of putting victims in i don't know that it started with this but it was the most prevalent one in my mind which is nice because it creates an even deeper atmosphere to the experience yeah i agree um I, and again you know looking back my only regret for for this year was that i didn't know the source material well enough right. to appreciate the zones and i think uh i also think that's why um, a lot of the people that regard this year as one of the weaker years um, think that way is because they didn't know the source material. Yeah. And I think if you did, this was a really strong year and this was a year where you got to immerse yourself into the walking dead show. And like I said, in retrospect, I, I really, really wish I had been into the show when this was going on instead of right after, because mm -hmm. I, I would have had way better of an experience. Yeah. It's really hard for me to disassociate whether or not I, or even figure out if I whether well, liked it or not without knowing the source material, because I did at that point. And, right. And there was, uh, yeah, there was a lot of explaining on my part to you two guys that night. I remember oh, yeah. that. This, oh, is, yeah. this is also the night for the record. I don't know that we told this story. I can imagine we did tell this story, but this was the night that the three, we fight, we probably were halfway through the event and probably three or four beers in and we were starving. We we're absolutely starving to death. And the first, oh, when God. we decided we we're going to eat, the first thing we saw was the turkey leg stand. Yep. So we all got turkey legs and then we all, we all kind of just 
got out of the way of everything so we could sit there and eat. We didn't say a word for five minutes. We just we stood in a triangle and just ate that that turkey leg. And yeah, I we kn- just pr- proteined up. Yep, yep. And I knew some of that missed my mouth, and I wanted to see how much. So I turned the light on my phone and looked down, and I wasn't the only one that missed my mouth. All three of us did because we looked like we just decimated a small <laughs> animal between the three of us on the ground. It was carnage. It was. Well, it was we were all epic. throwing the, the, those little pinion things onto the ground, right? Like the <laughs> the the, the uh, muscle pieces that are like that really tough shit. And we're just like fucking throwing them. Yep. And we thought we were hitting the garbage can, but we were just throwing them straight onto the ground. And yeah, you turned on your phone and it was like, it was just like fucking carnage. Uh, we have a history of Turkey Lakes is later. Years later, we go to another park. Another oh, yeah. big park that people might know. And we got turkey legs and we were walking and eating. It's like, this isn't working. So we stopped and we stopped at a prominent entryway to a section of this park. And we got a lot of people's attention. Just two big guys in there chomping on turkey legs. <laughs> and in fact, I think we upped their sales that day because a couple of people went, oh, that looks good. Like, mm-hmm. it, like real good. <laughs> it's real good. Real good. Uh, it's two really big dudes uh, eating turkey legs, and they look like they're having a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, Disney. <laughs> That's right. I think you should give us an exclusive night at Galaxy's Edge with nobody else there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Just for all the turkey legs we sold for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shit. Um, but that was also that was also the night uh, that. Um, while we were walking around the scare zones that uh, we decided we needed, because I think I was still a smoker back then Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm not sure, but we decided we needed to take a break and we sat down. I lit up a cigarette. You lit up a cigarette. Uh, Maybe you weren't smoking at the time, but I lit up a cigarette. We just sat down on whatever we could find to sit down (laughs) on. I wasn't smoking, but I remember the story now. Yep. And, uh, and fear scale, um, sat down on this thing and just all of a sudden I'm like, I'm having a cigarette and the timer kicks in and turns out he'd sat down on basically a smoke machine and right between not, his legs comes this giant puff of smoke. Not basically. He did sit on a fog machine. <laughs> He said, a fog machine, this fucking fog machine just starts pumping the shit out. It really looked like he had farted out the most oh. noxious cloud of shit. Oh, no. The, um, the piece de resistance was when, do you remember what he said? I don't. Okay. He, it, it, he, he, he took a draw of a cigarette. The thing went on. It like pumped for like a good 10, 15 seconds. And then when we could finally see him again, he goes, I'm sorry. Is my smoke bothering you? <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh it was just uh it was an epic moment it was uh, it was pretty amazing <laughs> it was awesome yeah so i i mean scare zone wise i all i remember was having a really good time uh it wasn't my favorite year of scare zones no. for sure no. but um and and in retrospect i do wish i'd known the source material a little better but still uh, we had a good time, and um, anytime hanging out with Fear Scale and you in a in a Halloween Horror Nights is always fun. Sure, yeah, no doubt about that. Yep, yeah. So that is the street experiences. So now we're looking at the shows, which we have two of. And I, I, man, do I, when I talk, when I review my notes and go through this, I miss this so damn much. The Rocky Horror Picture Show tribute. It was so much fun, yeah. especially, I mean, I grew up uh, uh, 
Rocky, we, you know the town I grew up in. I don't want. I, I can't mm-hmm. say to you, I grew up in a small town because you can trump me with that every time. Yeah. Well, well I can, but yeah. you, but you s- say you grew up in a pretty small town. Yes, and one of the things that we had done throughout my high school years was go to the next biggest town over, which wasn't all that big because they had not only did they play Rocky Horror, but they had a one of those in-house troops that acted it out in front, and they let you bring in toast and rice and do the time warp yeah. in the aisle. It was an experience. We did it a lot. I I, I have fond memories of Rocky Horror. This was a fantastic show. It's called a tribute. The talent was amazing. It was it was Rocky Horror in thirty minutes with all the best parts. And right, and and they had they the the thing that I remember because we didn't do it every year when right. we were doing it, but we did it once in a while. And the thing that I remember the most was like like the vocalists they had were amazing. Yeah, the songs that they did were amazing, and and it was like you know uh, for a theme park sideshow. They, they had an amazing amount of talent doing a really good show. It was, yeah. I mean, so just I'm going to run through this quick because we have talked about this before, but it's mm-hmm. been it's been a while. I mean, it's it's literally been a few years in episode coverage, and it's been a few years since we've done those episode coverage. So let me lay it out here real quick. It took place in the Beetlejuice Graveyard Review Show, which is another thing I miss because what's there now isn't near as fun for me. That's all I'm going to say about now? that. Fast and Furious. Uh, you still haven't been on that, have you? No. Or Jimmy Fallon. Uh, I'm not doing Jimmy Fallon. I should Fallon, give you the I'm option. Gonna, I'm, gonna do- I'm gonna give you the option. Killer Clowns from Outer Space or Jimmy Fallon and Fast and Furious before Halloween Horror Nights. <sighs> <laughs> yes. That was the exact answer I wanted. <sighs> I mean, I'll do Fast and Furious, no problem. Okay. Cause cause just I, I mean, I like the source material, so even if it's a terrible ride, I'll do it. Um, but Jimmy Fallon or Killer Clowns? Jimmy Fallon is a killer clown. <laughs> uh, uh, killed clown. Yeah. <laughs> or, or just a clown. I don't know, whatever. But, oh, that both seem painful. Yeah. I mean, Fast and Furious is, oh, man, I don't want to. I'm going to get a shit ton of flack from a couple of people. It's not. I, I, it's not good, but it's not as bad. As, uh, no, no, I'll just save this for another time. <laughs> I just I don't want to get right. into this. <laughs> Let, let's just let's just move on. Yep. Um, All right. So yeah, we're talking about Rocky Horror Picture yep, Show. Yep. And okay, so it starts off. They actually start off with the film. We get the intro song of science fiction double feature. It's actual footage from the film, and then we jump right into a live performance of "Damn It, Janet" by two amazing performers. The woman that played Janet in this sings. A shit ton better than Susan Sarandon, and I love Susan Sarandon in this movie. But the 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 woman that they had the times I saw this was always like nailed the song, was, uh, and that was that was kind of what I was alluding to. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know you like, were. Yeah, like the the performers that they had, and, and that's that's one of the things that I think I uh, we never give. Um, universal enough credit for is how many amazing performers that they cast in uh, these events. Yeah. You know, like even from from your very base characters that are just doing boo holes to to like performers that are doing these these vocal acts and things like that. All of them just hit their notes uh, literally and figuratively Um, just hit their notes really, really well. No argument. None whatsoever. So from there, and this is this is more for people that haven't seen, never saw the show, and but know the movie. It's, these are the references I'm making here. We get a video intro of Janet and Brad leaving the car as they head towards 
Frankenfurter's castle. And then we get a live performance of There's a Light, uh, parenthetic over at the Frankenstein place, and a parenthetic. From there, we get another video clip of the film of Brad and Janet approaching the door and Riff Raff letting them in. And then we jump to a live version of the Time Warp. Now, the Time Warp is a huge thing in the in the experience of seeing this movie live. And usually you jump in the aisle and do the Time Warp. I was wondering how far they let this go at the live event. Uh, a live thing at Universal, and they let you do the time warp at your seat. You just can't get up and get in the aisle, and that's fine. Yeah. That's 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 great. They let you actually get up and do this ridiculous dance. And I have to say, <laughs> I rocked the fuck out of the time warp at my sister's wedding. Uh, I would beg to disagree. <laughs> um, however, you live in your fantasy world, and if you don't fuck with mine, I won't fuck with yours. Okay, brave words for a man who didn't participate in the. No, 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 because I am I, I, I am way too fat to dance, <laughs> and uh, I'm way too fat to fly, and I definitely can't dance. Anyway, I stand by my original statement. So uh, and I stand by my <laughs> amendment of your statement. So now, now we actually get a little bit of a, a of a melding of film and and uh, stage performance. We have the soundtrack from the film, but now the actors are lip syncing. And we get Brad and Janet running into Frankenfurter, and we get the big Frankenfurter number, Sweet Transvestite. Uh, we get some more lip syncing. In fact, we're, we're pretty much done with the film until the finale here. We get some more lip syncing of Frankenfurter's lab and his creation, and we get a live performance of Sword of Damocles by Rocky himself. More uh, that melds into a quick reprise the actually the end of i the reprise of i can make you a man so if you're wondering if there was any presence of that song it was at the tail end um let's see now we jump to we do jump to a video intro and this is from the, the movie narrator and it's the introduction to the song he, he does the definition of the word emotion and we get into a live performance of touch a touch a touch a touch me but I will say they made a very strategic change in this. And instead of Rocky putting his hands directly on Janet's breast, as he does in the movies, they decided to aim for the shoulders. And mm -hmm. I can't argue with that decision at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're staying PG 13, yeah. I, I was, get it. I was really wondering how they were going to handle that. If they were even going to do it, I was like, okay, that, that's, that works. It's fine. Yep. Yeah. It's totally fine. Yep. You know, I mean, you're, you're taking and, and you know, Halloween Horror Nights is a PG-13 event, exactly, and they, they yep. do try to stay PG-13. I even think sometimes they push the edge of PG-13, which I, for me, I like because I'm over 13. But, <laughs> um, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, if you're advertising that as PG-13, you need to sort of clean it all up you know right, yes. um and i think they they do a good job of riding that edge yeah it was just one of the, the very first now at this point i'd seen it before but it was the very first time i saw it and first the fact that they were even doing that song was a little surprising mm. uh and then i was like how are they going to handle that scene i was like oh okay that works mm. yeah. That works. So, all right, go back to the film narrator and into the stage show and it was the introduction to my my favorite second i should say second favorite song i think time warps obviously my first my second favorite song rose tint my world the, the, the I, I i hate to say there's something i would rather see this than the movie but i would rather see the live 
performance of this song over the movie anytime because it's it's a five it's a four person song four stanza song four different performers in the movie it's susan sarandon barry boswick um <laughs> little nell she's only the real singer there and whoever had played uh rocky i, I don't remember his name these oh, were all yeah. four people who were singers first performers a very close second it's like beyond the movie performance in my opinion i i can't argue okay. I, I can't argue with it at all i think you're you're bang on there right. um you know when when i said that they hired casting yeah they, right. they really yep. do yep. And, and these guys just knocked it out of the park yep. it was it was it's beautiful so to summarize the end of it now it's all to live performance so if you know the characters you know their lines we get a performance of wild and untamed thing followed by riff Raff and magenta taking over and uh going in we actually get into the end of the uh, narration of the 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 movie and we do have this this was an interesting ending actually a good ending science fiction double feature reprise was a single performer thing but they brought everybody back out they brought the party cast from the time warp they brought out frank and rocky they brought brad and janet brought riff raff magenta and columbia to wrap up this song they read redid this song for this finale and i absolutely love this i miss this show a lot i i remember us discussing it possibly coming back the one year now don't get me wrong instead of that we had the the carnage returns and i love the carnage returns but i was a little disappointed to see that rocky horror hasn't hadn't been back and probably now won't be back because there is no stage that size to do this on except for the bill and ted stage and that's going to be the even bigger show from now on i mean i i I actually think there are some venues that could use uh the the horror makeup venue i think is unused in in certain cases uh there's places that they could put a small show like this uh that would suck up some crowd and and do that stuff um i just i'm not sure that it's uh bottom line worth it for them to do that exactly yeah Yep. Unfortunately. Yeah, but I mean, I can't complain that I was able to see it for many years there. So yeah, I, no, I, we, I just we, yeah, I we really enjoyed <laughs> it when it was there. I love and, this uh, show. Yep. I wanted to make sure I hit all the finer points this time because when we we're not going to get a chance to talk about it again. So not for uh, at least not in the near future. Anyway, right. no. Yep. All right, so let's roll into the finale. Uh, it's our traditional finale, which is the Bill and Ted Excellent Adventure, uh, Excellent Halloween Adventure. Okay, Sorry. all right. So, as every Bill and Ted starts off with, well, we got the Fail Army videos, but when we get the show proper, we start out with the warning. And this was this was a AT and T commercial. This was oh, the commercial series where. There was a guy in a suit with a room full of kids, and he'd be like, would you rather have a a nice balloon or a stab in the eye? You know, something that was always a terrible decision. So, But he did that. He he did that kind of thing, except it wasn't called AT&T. It was called B&T Communications. Yeah, of course. Yes, and they'd ask, you know, what are (laughs) – he's like, what are bad – and they did did the (sighs) – I think they did these really clever camera cuts where he's like, would you like to see sexy dancers or something else? And then they'd cut to a kid saying something that refers to a sexy dancer, but <laughs> yeah. without having the kids actually hear what he was saying. 
Right. Uh, but then after all joking aside, they did the actual warning, but they did it with the kids, which was actually kind of fun because you had little kids saying like, you'll see sexy dancers and there'll be loud noise and explosions, bad words. And then they had the youngest kid who screamed at the top of his lungs with that shrieking ear piercing sound saying, no cell phones. <laughs> so it was actually pretty good. It was, it was, it was a clever. I, I agree. I it was fun. I, I I remember laughing pretty hard and just thinking that it was a very clever and creative way to do not only rip on the AT&T commercials, which is the pop culture at the time, but also just incorporate like just annoying kids to, <laughs> to, to really just hammer the home the point of fuck you don't record this shit. Yeah. Yeah. When you put us when you when you make a bit out of it. People are just naturally paying more attention than just a faceless voice announcement saying all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So from there, we start out with the morning sunrise over Camp Morningwood. And we get a gentleman in one of the campers' uniform. He takes the stage first. He's getting his breakfast together or the day's events together. And he hears a noise. He looks around. He says, is there anybody out there? And the lights go dark, and we get a spotlight on, best I can describe, Hot Jason. It's it's a woman in in her almost bikini-type dance outfit, but with the Jason jacket and Jason mask. But, man, is the rest hot. So, yeah. Hot Jason. Hot Jason. <laughs> Followed by the rest of the women dancers for the opening, and they're all horror icon themed outfits. We got yeah. Freddy, we got Leatherface, we got Carrie, the prom version Carrie, we have Ghostface, and then I think we have Michael Myers, purely because her top and bottom are that that uh jumpsuit blue. There's she doesn't yeah. have a white she doesn't have a William Shatner mask or anything else to indicate that she's Michael Myers other than that shade of blue. I'm pretty sure that's who she's supposed to be, though. It was the creepily hottest thing they've ever done. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and then more male dancers join, and more clothes come off, everybody. Because the male dancers, I should say, I didn't note that the first guy was one of the male dancers, but he was in 80s gym shorts and t-shirt. Not for long, because all those t-shirts came off. And then all the exterior layers of these horror icons for the women came off as well. And then we got our opening number lights go black, the stomp, stomp clap into we will rock you. And then time traveling phone booth arrives, which I actually am saying that very excitedly because it wasn't a word I got to say until like the last minutes of our last bill and Ted recap or, or several of them. Yeah, as far as I can true. remember, I think like, you're it's right. like, it's like, it's, we're finally getting the, the, the time traveling, uh, phone booth in the first scene again which is like i feel like it's been a long time i think you're right i think you're absolutely right so yeah. they jump out we get our annual intro and right like the second they are done sheldon and penny from the big bang theory follow them out of the phone booth oh christ i'm old and every time they say something there's a laugh and bill goes what's that noise and children explains that's our laugh track without that our show just isn't that funny i'm like yep yeah that's that's pretty accurate <laughs> so they've come to uh, camp morningwood this sheldon and and penny they've come to camp morningwood because it's a place where all celebrities go to relax to think about the horrible things they've done that year that'd be a busy place 
Yeah. <laughs> it's also at this moment where Bill asks Ted, when are they going to meet? His, when is he going to meet Ted's new girlfriend that he's been talking on and on about? Ted brings her out and it's Taylor Swift. And I want to note that even though these notes were written five years ago, they are now relevant today. And I'm saying that staring at an Amazon box that is coded with Taylor Swift advertisements. Wow. Did you get one of those boxes? Nope. I got, I have about two dozen good omens boxes and my last box, which was containing beer tap line. If anyone was curious, was a Taylor Swift box for her new album. Huh? I haven't heard it. I, I, I don't pay attention to my Amazon boxes other than what's in them. And then I recycle them because you well, didn't get a good omens box. I don't know. How can you miss it? It's like, it's not like it has the word good omens on craft. It's completely full colored head to toe. You can't miss uh, no. if you got a printed box. One. No, didn't get one. Okay. Did not get one. Okay. If you're trying to be, I'm too cool to notice an entirely no. covered box of ink. Then no, no, no. I thought you were meant, mean like the tape or something. No, no. It's the box. It is no, the God, box. No. It's I crazy. Nope. I'll no, post a I, picture of the Taylor Swift box if no one has it. It, you, it was yeah, weird. It's, you it, do that. It was a very yeah. It was a. I don't know what does Amazon have to do with this. Is probably a conversation for another time. But what does Amazon have to do? I, I get good omens because that was a series on Prime. But why are they spending all that money on advertising for Taylor Swift? Did they produce her album or something? I don't no know that you have idea. that answer. I'm just putting it out there to the ether. Well, I have no idea, man. Um, don't work for them anymore. That's don't true. want yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Um. Ted explains that the two are in love and they're like grossly in love. Like the, I love you more. I love you more. Shmoopy, blah, 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 blah. And Bill actually gets a little bit jealous by this. Taylor starts looking at the journal that she put together that she's been using to record what her and Ted do and the songs that they're writing together. So she can't find it. Ted starts digging around and he finds a book, but it's not her journal. It is the, Necronomicon Ex Mortis from the Evil Dead, oh, yes, shit. which is a nice tie-in. Not only is it a pop culture reference to the remake, but it's nice to tie into the event of the house we talked of about course. last episode. Yep. So Taylor, Taylor, even though she doesn't recognize the book, she still decides to open it and start reading from it out loud. Which, of course, we know what happens when that starts. Of course. Dumb yes. blondes do dumb things. <laughs> so she gets possessed. She disappears briefly behind the bushes. Bill, Ted, Sheldon, and Penny do like this Scooby-Doo-esque tiptoe to look for her. Like they're all taking those wide steps and you're like, blink, 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 you know, that type of thing. Yep. When they come up to the bushes, she disappeared behind out pops evil Taylor Swift. Um, so just Taylor Swift. I have that written, but I knew you were going to say that. That's why I didn't say uh, it. Yep. All right. <laughs> yep. So she puts a spell. Now she puts a, p- a spell on Penny, making her evil, or I like to say a bad Penny. Thank you. I'm here all week. Oh, Jesus. Fuck. <laughs> I'm just going to move I, on. I, I'm, I'm switching podcasts, like starting now. Ah, good luck. Who's going to take you? Um, Grim Grinning Host. That's true. I understand someone from there is moving over to another show. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I can probably headline that. So, Bill tries to do a quick exorcism by calling on the power of Grayskull, which is actually a pretty good bit. No, no <laughs> He-Man reference that year that I'm aware of, but a nice bit. And it doesn't work, and Penny starts chasing after him, and they both run off stage. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Penny starts to chase after Sheldon. 
and they both went off stage. So now we're left with Bill and Ted, and they lure Taylor Swift into the time-traveling phone booth, capture her, and send it on its way. At first, they congratulate themselves for the quick thinking, but then realize, oh, shit, the booth is gone, and now she's in control of it, which is a major story element here. Yep. So now the stage begins to fill with fog, and you can't see it, but I have air quotes in fog, and it'll make sense in a second because James Franco comes out as the stoned Wizard of Oz, and I had to look up what the hell this meant, not realizing that the movie Oz the Great and Powerful was once a thing and actually came out that oh, year. Oh, God. Right? Is that what that, oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. So now he's stoned. There's fog in air quotes in the uh, on the stage. And out from the, one of the cabin doors comes Gandalf. And he exclaims out loud, you shall not puff, puff, pass. Yeah. But he does. And that's much to Gandalf's delight, <laughs> which I get completely. Now, Melissa McCarthy comes on stage. And it's not a character from a particular movie. It's Melissa McCarthy... The person. They didn't really pick one. This was a big Melissa McCarthy year where you couldn't really narrow down one thing that she did. So she comes on stage and she reports that she has seen Taylor Swift recruit pop culture stars and start to gather them in the woods. And so far, she has Miley Cyrus, Vanessa Hutchins, and Selena Gomez in her ranks. So that's who we can expect to show up and wreak havoc any second here. But, but Melissa, wow. oh, here's a movie. Here's a movie you forgot. I guarantee you forgot about. She brought help. And who did she bring? Captain Jack Tonto and Woody the Lone Ranger. This was the Johnny Depp Army Hammer Lone Ranger year. Oh, my. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I'm glad they ripped that to shreds. And I, I didn't see that movie just like everybody else in the audience of the Bill and Ted. Exactly. Audience. I don't know anyone that saw that movie. I'm sure people uh, did. It's Johnny. Oh Depp. no, I, I I know I know at least two people saw that movie. My dad, who really wanted to go see it, and my mom, who he dragged to it. And, <laughs> <There you> um, <laughs> and when I asked them how it was, um, they changed the subject and they, they never spoke of it again. <laughs> so if my dad didn't like a western, yeah, you know it was freaking terrible. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because uh. my dad will will will. Well, basically, well, my dad has no taste to start with, but but when it comes to Westerns, he will defend almost all of them and any of them to the nth degree. And if he didn't defend this one, you know, it was. So he's got a high uh, forgiveness scale for Westerns and this one didn't even pass muster. No. Wow. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It's really bad. All right. So at this point, James Franco suggests they should split up and look for clues. Ted agrees because splitting up always works out in these situations. (laughs) And the split off goes from Gandalf and Franco going off stage. The second they go off stage, they're attacked. And Gandalf screams, it's Gollum. And you hear this just disgusting chewing and biting and, and macerating of the two. But then we actually see it wasn't Gollum, but it's easily confused because it's actually Miley Cyrus. <laughs> there we go. That was the reaction I was hoping for. Uh, it's even more poignant now because Miley Cyrus has really gone off the rails again. This, this was the hair and those two weird knobs twerking silver suited oh, Miley Cyrus. Right, right, yes. right. So, yeah. my, so Miley does a twerk attack of sorts, but she ends up leaving the stage. Bill Ted 
Tonto Sparrow and the Lone Ranger and Melissa, they chat for a little bit about what they're going to do. And as they're at a loss for words, the ZZ Top theme starts, or ZZ Top, not theme, sorry, a ZZ Top song starts playing. It's the beginning of Legs, an extremely recognizable guitar riff for Legs. Everyone knows yeah. that. Yeah. And three bearded dudes come out. Or two bearded dudes. But they're not ZZ Top. They're the Duck Dynasty guys. Oh, shit. <laughs> yep. They're out celebrity hunting, and they blow their new Broadway call, and we get a brief, uh, I say it in quotes because it's longer than we need, less miserable dance-off before we finally get onto the show. Oh, my God. This, that yep, I remember this the, the year of the, the movie adaptation. Yeah. No, no. What I was saying oh. was I remember the Duck Dynasty. Oh, okay. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> uh, the, the celebrity call yeah. instead of the duck call. That yep. was just fucking amazing. Oh, yes. So now Bill and Ted ask him to create a duck call that will lure, lure, lure evil celebrities specifically, and he runs off to see what he can do. Now, meanwhile, Sophia Viagra, Jesus Christ, I really just said that. Sophia Vergara arrives, and she's asked who's ready for a ghost story. Bill and Ted say they're way too busy trying to save the camp, and I in parentheses, oh, is that what they're trying to do? I didn't realize <laughs> what they're trying to do here, but sure, why not? And as but Sophia decides she really wants to tell a story and tell it to her friends, and in that, Paula Dean arrives, and this is the oh, this yeah. is the Paula Dean the let's let's say let's call a spade a spade the racist. Paula Dean trying to prove she's not a racist and failing miserably version of Paula Dean because that's the character they use for this and it was pretty accurate. Yeah. She used a line that she tried to apologize for, but every time she got to the word that caused the problem, the screaming goat from the internet and slash I don't forget what commercial series came out and screamed to bleep the word. It's actually kind of funny to use the screaming goat of all things to to censor her. Yeah. Now, everyone's together. Sof Sophia wants to start telling her ghost story, but just before she starts telling it, the Django theme plays. And it's the original theme, but it is the... Um, oh, uh, who the hell Quentin played Tarantino. him? Yeah. yeah. Who the hell the, played him? Um, um, oh, my God. Uh, uh, Jamie Foxx. Jamie, Jamie Foxx. Fox. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I almost said Will Smith because he's... He's always he's always <laughs> represented in these Bill and Ted's, and I expect him. Yeah, in fact, is. we're, we're not done. Always, he, always. he might still oh, be yeah. in it. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, it's Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Yes. So now he's there, and the five of them all gather around a campfire, and Sophia begins to tell a story. And as she gets, she's basically telling what's happening. There's five friends sitting around a fire and an evil axe-wielding chainsaw uh, maniac came up behind them and attacked. And lo and behold, Vanessa Hutchins with a chainsaw, or I should say evil Vanessa Hutchins with a chainsaw arrives and starts attacking everybody. Wait. How is there a difference between Vanessa Hudgens and evil Vanessa I, Hudgens? I, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Possessed? How about possessed? So, they're actually, everyone is chased off when Ron Burgundy arrives. Oh, is this first one or second one? I don't know. It must be the second question. one. Let me see. It won't take it's much to find out. I think it is a second one. Yeah, Anchorman 2, yeah, 2013. So, it's absolutely yeah, a sequel. That's, that's the one. So, he does uh, a few flute and camping, pitching a tent jokes. And then cuts those men on the street, and it's Brick Tamlin, which is a Steve Carell character. And as Brick is reporting, the time-traveling phone booth arrives behind him, and Taylor Swift uh, exits it, hacking Brick to death. And Brick is narrating what's happening to him 
on camera. <laughs> and once he's finally I dead, remember that. <laughs> once he's finally dead, Taylor Swift just bugs right in the camera and says, "You're next, Bill and Ted." And then camera gets cut. So now Bill and Ted return, and there's this awful noise, this screeching, yelling, screaming noise that they can't figure out, and they find out it's Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. And Kim Kardashian is about to have the baby right then and there. And that's what the awful noise is. Her and labor. God. So the baby's born. Kanye shows off his new baby boy, which is actually a girl. And then Selena Gomez chases him off wielding an axe. And I've never been so happy to see Selena Gomez in my life. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's when you got to pick sides. It's a tough one, but I got to go Selena Gomez. So now the Duck Dynasty guy returns, and this time he's made the voice call, and he blows it, and the of stage left, the wall reveals the three judges from the voice. A mic drops. Selena Gomez, evil Selena Gomez, tries to sing, which is just a bunch of low guttural noises. The judges give their, they, are, they pretty much argue over not taking her to her team, and then they have one final crazy female celebrity to arrive as they say and it's amanda Bynes, and it's not a possessed amanda Bynes. it's normal amanda Bynes at this point in her life at this in time so she is attacked or i should say no selena gomez attacks all the judges retreat and now bill and ted are searching for any kind of information or way to fix this and they find a party invitation it's from the great bellsby which is a great gasby reference i had to verify which it is yep but of course and that was that year too huh? yep yes it was but the bells b is actually justin bieber oh and the party starts off with some interesting true facts about justin bieber like how he lost his monkey in germany how he has this writer of taking no pictures or text or anything at his party and then bill and ted throw in a few extras uh facts like he pees sitting down and that he's a douche canoe and things like that Oh, man. So, let's see here. So, now a awful dance party ensues. And thankfully, once again, I am totally Teen Celine Gomez. She breaks it up. Okay. Yeah. So, everyone runs off. And now we enter the Game of Thrones cast. And they announce, themse- as they announce themselves, they're slaughtered by Miley Cyrus. And <laughs> we get, and it's, it's, it's a great, I, I, I don't, watch, I haven't watched much of Game of Thrones, but I certainly know how many characters got killed off in its run right. season. So that's, that's what was funny about that is once they were all dead, the, the whole show took a pause and they had a in memorandum video play on the screen for all the, all the <laughs> game of Thrones characters that just got oh, killed. I, remember right that. There. I, yep. I do remember that. Yeah. Yep. That was awesome. Oh, so now Bill and Ted returned to the stage and before they even really get started, JJ Abrams joins them and he's setting up for multiple lens flare shots. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, this a, this is that's a, a low hanging fruit. Joe. Yeah, this is right before Force Awakens actually happened, but he had been brought on to write and direct it, and now they make a bunch of Star Wars and Star Trek references, and he brings out his cast, and it's a mashup, a mix up, rather. I guess you should say it's Leia with her bun, her hair buns, and a Kirk uniform, and Vader with a Spock shirt on, and then Spock with the rest of Vader's costume on. Huh. Yes. That seems stretching. Yes. Well, and then uh well there then from there Spock 
Spock Vader, the, the one that doesn't have the helmet on, says, if you think we look silly, you should see Benedict Cumberbelch. And then there's an argument of everyone. Ugh. Ted Thing says, I think it's Benedict Pimplecrotch. Leia Kirk says, it's Benedict Dumblebitch. Is it Bandersnatch? <laughs> Dingle crap? And then Ted goes, I'm pretty sure it's monkey balls. <laughs> okay, that's fucking that funny. Is, no, that's funny, yes. And I mean, some of the other stuff was pretty lame, but that's funny. The monkey funny. balls is funny, yeah. That's good. That's such a direct... Right, I mean, that, whole, that whole sequence I thought was funny, oh, you thought so? oh, okay. I like the fact that it's so far from even being a... a a, a joke of his name that it was funny well i think that the lead up happened the lead up to the punchline is awesome because okay, gotcha. the lead up is like getting further and further and further away from his name but you can still kind of see the similarities and then monkey balls just kind of like whoa yeah. way out there it's like perfect punchline <laughs> right <Boom. laughs> drop mic yeah uh so then benedict cumberbun i, I actually wrote that benedict cumberbatch, <laughs> he actually pops up and he corrects everybody it's, it's cumberbatch cumberbatch it's three syllables and then there's <laughs> there's the uh the disney crew the half disney crew takes a shot and Leia and vader make a comment well at least our movies are in the theme parks and then spock vader goes yeah theme park run by a rat and then out comes george lucas with mouse ears carrying the cryogenically frozen head of walt disney wow <laughs> yes and jj accuses him of trying to ruin his movie he tells george he's crazy he's like james cameron crazy and on cue they have sex with their tails <laughs> and now the year joke this time is is coming soon to avatar world opening in 2065 if anyone still gives a shit but it's yes. <laughs> I missed that 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 bit. I oh, even dude. liked it when they did it after it opened. Yep. And then did. they and then they's like, oh really? It's already open? Well, no one gives a shit or something to that effect. It was I love that. <laughs> oh, so now Bill and Ted tell George they need his help. He says, sure, but first let me take care of this twerp, and he starts attacking JJ with Walt's frozen head. So now the Star Wars and S Star Trek mashup characters face off george and jj face off and there's a good bit where george uses the force he's like why are you hitting yourself why are you hitting yourself why are you hitting yourself <laughs> that's kind of funny yeah, and cool. uh split spock vader slash dar spock they fight and now the phone booth returns and the evil female celebrities return to the stage now having also created evil anna kendrick as well and they do make a comment about how bad the cup song sucks and i'm oh, like well you cool. never heard it change into the halloween hard night soundtrack like quentin and i did on the right? escalator at universal right? hollywood that's the best way to hear that song exactly <laughs> so now the that's about right oh it was awesome that was, that was amazing uh, so now the duck dynasty guy returns and this time he's got the sky call it's gonna summon james bond which it does. We hear a plane fly by, and James apparently jumps out, but his parachute doesn't work as the body hits the ground with a giant thud. <laughs> uh, I remember that. That yeah. was awesome. <laughs> so now, Taylor asks, is that the best they got? And Superman, the Man of Steel version of Superman, arrives oh. with an unnecessary 
appetite for destruction. That was not a Guns N' Roses reference. I just made that up right now because that right. was the Superman that just destroyed an entire city block trying to defeat Zod. <laughs> so bad. Um, so not good. I never saw that movie. I just understand the reference. Uh, yes. So now the Man of Steel, he actually does dispatch Taylor Swift's minions and she retaliates by summoning the cousin of Sharknado, Fartnado. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty low hanging fruit too. But yeah. uh, dick and fart jokes always make that's me true. laugh. So fuck. Yep. fuck I laugh. I laugh. Anybody judges me on me laughing at dick and fart jokes? Um, <laughs> you can judge away. I am still going to laugh, and yep. I'm still going to enjoy. Yep. Don't take the little pleasures away from my life. <laughs> so now Taylor Swift declares that she will have revenge on every man that screwed her over. Spock Vader shines up by saying she's going to have to kill a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> the fartnado rolls off stage. Taylor Swift revenge has to begin by sacrificing a virgin and she asks who's gonna be bill or ted and ted's like huh what are you talking about we're not virgins and virgins and bill tries to duck in the shadows and he has a confession to make he says he's always wanted the first time to be special but he also says he doesn't want to die a virgin so to save his life sophia vaguera arrives and takes bill off stage i gotta say (laughs) Yeah, that's a good way to go. That's a good way to. That's that's pretty special. Yeah, that that would be a good way to 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 break the seal. Yep, yep. Then we get the annual chaos run where everybody's running after each other, and it's actually to the Lone Ranger, the original Lone Ranger theme, the William Tell Overture. So we do get mm-hmm. a call back to the Lone Ranger. We get all the in the midst of all this, all the possessed women are back to normal. We get the final music and dance number. Actually, before that, we get a happy Halloween audience, dude, and then we go into the final dance number, and we got Bill and Ted bidding a farewell, and we have Bill and Ted's excellent Halloween adventure for Halloween Horror Nights twenty three. Yes, uh, and this one I actually had a lot of fun watching I did. this one. I did. Um, it was. Uh, I like the fact that they didn't pull that many punches against Disney and, and they actually really, you know, it, it was, it's been a few years since we've gotten a, a real good punch at Disney. And mm. I thought they did that in this one. I liked it. Um, it was, it was fun. And they, you know, it's rare that the pop culture of these years, I understand, but I think uh, just the different, blogs and and stuff that i was following i I'd, I'd seen enough of the peripherals of who taylor swift was and what the hell was going on with that and all that shit that i i understood enough that all of these jokes really actually hit pretty well and and a lot of them were really goddamn funny and i walked away having a good time with the show yeah i did too i liked it a lot better than the year before i think it i just had a, a stronger pop culture pull to pull from than the year before i think that that's a lot true to too do with it yeah i think that's true too i think that the, the year of pop culture there was so much um what the fuck moments yeah. that <laughs> it, it was kind of shooting fish in a barrel and and they shot the right fish yeah yeah this was fun i enjoyed this yeah one. yep so yep. that's it for the shows i do i did find something that's fun this won't take very long Oh, cool. uh, if we want a quick run through, we usually at this point we do the rides and it's it's the usual suspects. Transformers, yeah. 
Hollywood Rip Rocket, or Rip Ride Rocket, Revenge of the Money, Simpsons, Despicable Me. Really? Oh, that's that's usually not one. Men in Black yeah. and Shrek 4D. That's of course before Shrek started being used as a a the right. ninth house <laughs> before yeah. the tenth. Now this was what I found. This was this was kind of cool. Uh, I found the room service menu online that was available 5 p.m. to 4 a.m. And it's 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 fun it's nothing special but it's fun because they halloween themed it best they could giving the offerings they had they had fried bat wings for 14 dollars, which were of course spicy buffalo rings 12 pieces yeah. with your choice of blue cheese or ranch dipping sauce zombie dip which was tortillas with queso guacamole and pico de gallo frankenstein's fingers which were Deep fried mozzarella sticks and marinara dipping sauce. And you got six fingers. So what the fuck is wrong with Dr. Frankenstein putting that together? Yeah. Urban legend burger. <laughs> That's the worst one. <laughs> that is by far the worst one. Uh, uh, ch- cheddar cheese and crisp fried onion rings, <laughs> lettuce, tomato, and french fries. Then we have vampire bites and mummy milk. That is a half pound of homemade fudge brownie bites, raspberry dipping sauce, and a pint of 2% milk. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got crime scene cheesecake. That might be as bad as Urban Legend Burger. Yeah, and pretty much. Vanilla cheesecake with cherry sauce. And the, the most frightening one for me, the bucket of five domestic beers. Wow. That one made me shudder. I, 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 I'm, I'm not even thinking about what, what, Fucking five, how you can even count five domestic beers that, that are worthy of putting in a bucket. I know, right? And then, uh, like, and for $20, that's four bucks a beer. Jesus. Yeah, that's Yo. expensive for now for domestic beers. So yeah. all this for I mean, the, the. I think it'd be hard to, to, to tell whether I drink that or your beer. <laughs> funny. <laughs> no, I, I drink your beer. So all that for the menu, the price of the menu item plus one dollar delivery fee, six point five state tax, and a twenty-two gratuity on each order. So that was that was fun. I I I loved that. Some names were fun, and some were just awful. It was great. It was so <laughs> schlocky. I loved it. It is schlocky, but you know, I I appreciate the 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 uh, the effort of kind of like yeah. Uh, promoting the rest of the event through the rest of their their properties and all that stuff. Like uh, uh, anytime people go to the nth degree of sort of trying to ent- integrate and and make you you immersed in their event, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Fun little fine. And with that, that is all of, well, actually, I take it back. There's one more thing. We'll end with the beginning. The opening ceremonies were pretty simple. It, 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 it pretty key, much keyed in of Walking Dead was a marquee event because the, the, there was a, a walker overrun of the park at the front gate. There was the guy announcing everyone that was coming in or that welcome to Halloween Horror Nights and yada, yada, yada. And he ended up getting overrun by walkers. So that was the opening ceremony for this year. And with that, that is Halloween Horror Nights 23. So we are 23 down, one to go. Man, this has been a this has been a long project. It really has. I mean, yeah, we went from from a couple of weeks to a couple of months to a couple of years to <laughs> five years. And uh it's it's been a 
wonderful ride. I, I'm oh, looking I'm not forward to the next. Planning that it's that's taking long. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It's uh, we've gone from a planned 25 episodes to currently, as of this recording, third 132 <laughs> posted episodes. Yeah, with two behind this one still yet to come out. So this will be the 135th episode out of a 25 episode project. Yeah, yeah. This has really um, led to a lot more than I anticipated. And and the biggest thing to me that it's led to is, is how many people we've met and yep. how many people that we've got to interact with and and just like all that stuff. Uh, we met Shelby, we met Hunter, we met like Greg, we met. Oh, just I'm not even. I'm gonna stop. Yeah, say J- Johnny, I Melissa. It's yeah, it's, it's, just can't can't uh, keep going right. because we'd yep. be here all night. Um, we met so many people. We met so many people of, in the community outside the community, uh, just all that kind of stuff. And it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so we've got, we've got two more episodes at least in the history episodes. And then, you know, whatever we've got for the coverage of this year. And then, and then we got to figure out where we go from there. Well, we know we're going to go for there. And I think we're probably going to do an episode on that. So as far as history coverage goes, we're going to do 24. That's going to be two episodes, possibly three, (laughs) but it's definitely going to be two. And along with the coverage episodes, I think after 24 posts, we're probably going to do that transition episode to let everyone know what's next. The show's not going away. The show's not even really changing. No, not we're really. Just, it's now that history's over. What do we do next? We're going to talk about that when we get to that episode. That's where exactly. the answers will be. Will be uh, the questions will be answered. I should say. Exactly. All right. Um, but before that, we do have at least two more episodes of history. Um, we have an entire backlog for you to listen to oh, if God, you're interested yeah. <laughs> in in us rambling about uh, you know all of HHN past. Uh, you know, we we tried to pull in as many details as we could, and we tried to pull in as much entertainment factor from all that as we could, and we hope that you like it. Yes, absolutely. All right. With that, thank you, Quinn, for completing another year with me. One more to go. One, <laughs> one more excited. year. One more one, year. No, one more year. Yeah. One more year. Yeah. <laughs> no, one more year. We got, and I'm super excited because I think next year is going to be a great way to to go uh, to go to the next. Yep. phase of the of the podcast with. I think so. I think so. So all right. More on that soon. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a news as internet entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at newsaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at Neozaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Neozaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening.